Well, hey guys, we are launching a new series today called How to Survive a Trainwreck. And I, mean, I think we all know what I'm talking about here. Like when life gives you lemons and there is no sugar for lemonade, what are you gonna do, right? When life seems to get shaken and stirred and thrown up in the air and you're not sure exactly how to put it back together, how do we handle it? And what does God want us to do? How can we stand firm so that even when our world is shaken, we don't waver, we don't blink, the train wreck doesn't cause us to live with a sense of dread or fear or anxiety. Today, I wanna to talk to you about how to be unshakable. How to be unshakable. Let's pray together. God, we're just grateful in a time of just bad news and uncertainty and what appears to be a train wreck. God, you are stable. And God, you give us a foundation that we can stand on. God, that we can live lives of confidence and peace Enjoy, God, that you can grow us and change us even in the midst of what seems to be a train wreck. Lord, I pray for those listening today in the room and online, God, that their lives would be transformed. They would learn about you in a new and a different way. God, they know more about you and your goodness and your stability. God, we're grateful for the gospel and we're grateful for Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. You know, what happens when in a train wreck, right? Like what happens when the train comes off the track? Something happens and it's, it's just an unmitigated disaster, isn't it? Mm. Right, right, it's so big and it's so epic that, that you can't miss it. Train wrecks are so monumental, so destructive that they affect so much around them that the word has become this metaphor for anything that is perceived as a disaster or upheaval or broken. And we've all heard the phrase, oh, that was just a train wreck. Mm. We've been in circumstances where we thought, that's a train wreck. We've known people and we thought they are a train wreck. Man, there are a lot of things that we call a train wreck. For instance, it could have been that first day of school for your kid and they didn't get the lunch that they wanted. They weren't with their friends in class. They got their least favorite teacher. They had their worst subjects at the worst possible time. And they said, I'm never going to school again. And you thought, man, this is just a train wreck. You ever go on a date that was a train wreck? He shows up late, stays out in the driveway, honking his horn for you to come out, right? You get in the car, man, clothes are sloppy. Looked like he just got back from Goodwill, even though some of those buys are good. <laughs> man, and, and there was just no connection. He took you to a restaurant, you were allergic to the food, and then he asked you to pay for yours, right? That date's a train wreck, right? We see it in sports. 2016, Jordan Spieth about to win his second Masters. Man, about to just enter the upper echelon of the golf hierarchy. He's up by five strokes, has a quadruple bogey on number 12. Now, for me, that would have been a good score, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but for him, what is it? Train wreck. And none of that compares to the train wreck of 2020. None of that compares to the train wreck of 2020. Think about it. Global pandemic. The Dow plunges, then it goes back up. The GDP loses 35%. We have fires all around the world. We have political animosity, hurricanes, earthquakes, Locusts, murder hornets, furloughs, unemployment, list goes on. No school, maybe school, periodic school, online school, social distancing, face masks, maybe even goggles, right? Feels like 2020 is just a gift that keeps on giving. And the news cycles are so fast that we all feel it. And we look at the news each day and we're asking like, like what's gonna happen next? What more bad thing? Well, we get out of our news feeds today. We feel it. We feel every tremor of bad news. We feel the anxiety. 
we feel the instability, the volatility. We feel a little off kilter. Man, we had grown so used to life being predictable, and now it's not. It feels insecure. As a matter of fact, in fact, you know it's bad when everybody begins to ask you as a pastor, are we in the last days? <laughs> we need something to stabilize us. We need rails to keep us grounded, to keep us from being shaken. We need worldviews that will anchor us when our world seems to be a train wreck. We need a place where we can stand firm even in the middle of a train wreck. We need to know how to be unshakable, unshakable. Let's grab our Bibles. We're going to be in Luke chapter 6 today. Luke chapter 6. As you know, Luke is one of the, one of the four Gospels that's written about the life of Jesus. And um, Jesus has just been preaching what's kind of the most famous sermon in history called the Sermon on the Mount. And he comes to the end of it. And he says these words in Luke chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 47. Verse 47. He says this. Everyone who comes to me hears my words and does them. I will show you what he is like. In other words, I'm going to give you a picture of what that guy looks like. He's like a man building a house. He dug deep. He laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose and the stream broke against that house, couldn't shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears it doesn't do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Man, the ruin was great. So we have, we have an image where two people are compared to two houses. One has this unshakable house, this unshakable foundation. Man, Jesus says he couldn't be shaken. He was stable and resilient, even in the middle of the storm. Even when the water started rising and the waves started crashing against his life, man, he was unshakable. Now, the next picture that we get is someone who didn't have a strong foundation. Matter of fact, they didn't really even have a foundation, Jesus says. So when things got difficult and the water rose and the waves began to crash around him, he didn't hold up for even one minute. Like immediately, it says, he folded. And so we have to ask ourselves, like, which one of these lives, which one of these foundations do we want? Like, which one of these houses do we want to be? Which one of these people do we want to be? Do we want to have a life that's unshakable? unwavering and resilient, even in the midst of a train wreck? Now, the obvious answer to that was, sure, I want to be unshakable. Both builders had the same goal, didn't they? Both builders wanted to build a house, but only one house stood. And what Jesus is pointing out is that some people want the appearance. They want the image. They want the idea of being unshakable. And some people want to do the work to be unshakable. Let me say that again. Some people like the idea of being unshakable, and some people, some people want to do the work to build an unshakable foundation. You know, most people wouldn't have seen the difference between these two houses, right? They all look similar. They were in the same neighborhood, right? They, they, they followed the same color scheme, the same style. They paid the same HOA fees, right? I mean, they looked, they looked the same on the outside, but when the storm broke, the difference was obvious. Let me say this again. Like, when the storm broke, the difference was obvious. When the train wreck came, we see something different. The second house, it was built fast. The second house took shortcuts. The second house was built for appearance. The first house played the long game. <laughs> the first house was built for durability. The first house was built to last. It was unshakable. So many people want to live for appearance, for notoriety, for celebrity. They are living their lives saying, look at me, look at me. They want likes and comments and followers. They want their own reality TV show. 
but their foundation can't handle the weight of their life. Listen, we spend time working on the outside while neglecting the inside, the foundation, and their house is going to crumble. Like for many people, COVID hasn't caused a train wreck, but it's definitely revealed the foundation. Let me say that again, right? For many people, COVID, COVID, COVID didn't cause the train wreck, but COVID has revealed the foundation of our lives. But guess what? More than anything, COVID has revealed the flaws in my faith, the weaknesses in my walk with Jesus. Man, it's revealed my desire to be independent from God, to not follow His Word, to not trust Him. It's revealed cracks in my foundation that I've needed to work on. Man, I've had to go back to the foundation of my faith and and see what I was building and how I was building and what was going to be able to stand and what was likely to come off the rails if I didn't pay attention. Listen, we don't have to be like a reed swaying in the wind to the news cycles or social media. We can stand on the foundation of God's words. Hey, hey, let's look at what an unshakable person looks like according to Jesus. Man, in verse 48, Jesus said, he's like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood rose and the stream broke against that house, he could not shake it because it had been well built. Listen, unshakable can't be stirred up, right? The sky is never falling to someone who's unshakable. Their hair is never on fire, is it, to someone who's unshakable? They're never never panicked. They always seem to be calm, poised, and put together. They're always trusting God for their future. Like someone like that, man, I think of someone who just always feels like they took a deep breath and relaxed. Like, do you need to take a deep breath over something today? Are you so worked up, so stirred up? Are you so so wound up and wired up that you don't feel like you can catch your breath? Like you're almost gasping for your next breath? Do you even catch yourself holding your breath sometimes, waiting for something bad to happen? Do you need to just take a deep breath right now? Unshakable. Listen, don't just exhale that deep breath right now because someone you could give somebody COVID. <laughs> but man, doesn't it make you feel a little more peaceful? What would it be like to just live with this steadfastness, this steadiness that happens after we take a deep breath? Man, watch how someone who is unshakable handles bad news. And in the book of Psalm chapter 112, in Psalm chapter 112, it says this, Start in verse six. It says, For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid. Listen, his heart is firm. His heart is steady. He's dependable. He's resolute. He's calm. Listen, are you always expecting something bad to happen? Like when the phone rings, do you immediately go seven steps to disaster by who's calling or when they're calling or why they're calling, right? Do you just assume the worst at times, expecting bad news? Listen, I can remember when I was in my 20s and I dealt with a lot of anxiety. Every time the phone rang, I got a shot of adrenaline from my toes to the top of my head, expecting something bad to happen. Listen, how do you respond when you actually get bad news, not just expect bad news? Like, do you immediately make some extreme decisions Imagine the worst case scenario and just want to shut your life down? Or do you suddenly get maybe creative at everything that's going wrong in your life? Or do you just step back, evaluate, get some perspective, take a deep breath, and make the next best decision? Don't you know people that live with this confidence, resilience, 
that their foundation is solid and nothing can rock them, nothing seems to rattle them, nothing seems to shake them. No matter what comes at them, they are strong, they are brave, and they're hopeful. They won't be shaken. And listen, it's not fake either. They aren't just giving Sunday school answers to life's hard questions. They believe it down deep in their souls that it's not this Jesus juke just to try to make people feel better. It's not just trying to be spiritual. It's a life that is anchored and movable and indestructible. Hey, and this is the offer that Jesus gives us in this verse. This is the offer in the middle of COVID-19. This is the offer in the middle of 2020. Listen, Jesus does this because he knows that storms are coming. Listen, storms are coming. Listen, we all know this. Train wrecks are are coming, right? Somebody drop the word storm in the chat right now. Somebody drop the word storm down there. Somebody drop the word storm down there. Just imagine the storm that Jesus is talking about. It doesn't say that unshakable people have this easy life, does it? It doesn't say that that they don't have storms. It doesn't say that everything they touch turns to gold. That's not true for anybody. Everybody has storms. Jesus just says that they are unshakable in the storm. Listen, now, some storms you bring on yourself, don't you? Like, have you ever brought a storm on yourself? You ever made a bad decision? Thought, I deserve that, right? (laughs) You didn't ask anybody's opinion, and you suffered the consequences. Like, you brought on the train wreck. Maybe you spent some money or went into debt. Maybe you said something impulsively. Maybe you hit send on that email, and you knew you shouldn't have, right? (laughs) We've We've all brought storms on ourselves before. But there are other times, there are other storms, there are other train wrecks that happen, that show up, and you didn't see them coming, and you did nothing for them to come. There was no warning, there was no horn, there was no time to prepare. Like, like, did you know that it's a federal offense to actually stand on a railroad track? You're not supposed to do that. Like, can't get your picture taken on the train track, can't walk on them. You can't shoot that video of you walking down into the sunset on the train tracks for your graduation picture or for maybe your wedding announcement. It's illegal. You're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Why? Because you can't hear a train coming when you're in front of it. You literally can't hear a train coming when you're in front of it. People assume that trains are loud, but that's based on this idea that when a train goes by us, it's really noisy. But the noise on a train is actually projected to either side. And when trains are moving directly ahead, you can barely hear them until it is too late. Hundreds of people die every year because they're on the train tracks and they didn't see the train coming. You can literally find selfies of pe- that people took and you can see the train over their shoulder and they have no idea. They don't see it coming. And listen, this is true in life. And it's not that you can't be prepared for the storm. You can be. You can build a foundation that prepares you for the storm. You know, when my son John was young and he had this tragic accident and he ended up on a helicopter ride to the hospital and we met him there because we weren't at the scene of the accident. And so we knew that this was going to be, man, that this was touch and go. And so the doctors take us in the side room and they kind of tell us we're not sure. We have to take him to surgery, but we don't know if he's going to live or if he's going to die. And then the social workers take us in to kind of start gauging the strength of our marriage. And listen, by God's grace, we had somewhat of a foundation that no matter which way his health went, that God had prepared us. It doesn't mean it wasn't hard. It doesn't mean that we didn't struggle. It doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of pain, but it does mean that through God's grace, there was this foundation that helped Debbie and I get through that difficult time, even though we had no idea it was on the way, right? 
And here's what Jesus is saying. Trouble, difficulty, hardship, it's gonna come. You may lose your job, you might get sick. You're gonna have trouble. But in this world, listen, while we have trouble, we also have hope. And while you don't see it coming, Jesus is saying you can be prepared. You can prepare for the train wreck that may come. You don't have to live this, this life with a sense of dread or anxiety or fear, but with hope in Jesus. Listen, you didn't see COVID-19 coming. Now you can say, we looked in our crystal ball, maybe we read some Nostradamus, right? And we thought maybe he said something about this disease that was coming in 2020, some COVID-19. But listen, let's be honest, nobody saw it coming. And this is the way it is with storms in life. They're gonna happen. There's no amount of money that can make that you can make, there are no friends that you can have, there's no titles you can accumulate, man, to keep storms from coming. So, so you can't set up your life in such a way and say, you know what, everything will be fine as long as nothing goes wrong. <laughs> that, that, that's what Jesus is saying, a, a storm's coming. Something's gonna hit us. If you don't have a good foundation, you're gonna be shaken. If my foundation is my financial picture, when the economy goes south, I'll crumble and I'll ride the waves of the Dow Jones. Man, if my foundation is built on my youthful fitness, then when I get older, I'm gonna have a midlife crisis. If my foundation is built on my accomplishments, it'll never be enough. If my foundation is built on my kids, guess what? They're gonna grow up one day and live their own lives, hopefully, that they've been called to live. If my foundation is built on my political party, we will hope that some elected official is gonna start giving away foundations for us to stand on. <laughs> We're gonna blame other people for our lives not going right. We're gonna blame it on our parents. We're gonna rail against culture and the big problems that we see out there that are causing trouble in here. We'll live with anxiety, frustration, even anger. If the only way your life is stable is if your world is stable, you can't handle a train wreck. Wow. If the only way your life is stable is if your world is stable, you're not ready for a train wreck. My good friend Joey McLaughlin says it like this. I love the way he says it. When your foundation is stable, your world doesn't have to be, yeah. right? Your world doesn't have to be. The reason we can live with hope, you don't have to always worry about the phone call or the election or the news cycle or the Dow Jones. The reason we don't have to live in fear, worried that something bad is just around the corner is because we can build a solid foundation that helps us through storms, through train wrecks. It helps us not be shaken. So in order to not be shaken, we have to have a solid foundation. Like, how do we do that? How do we build that solid foundation that's unshakable? I wanna throw out two words to you today, how we're gonna learn how Jesus talks about building this solid foundation. Remove and replace, right? Remove and replace. Somebody drop those two words in the chat right now. Remove and replace. So we gotta remove some things, but we can't just remove it, we have to replace it with some things, remove and replace. There are some things in our lives that obviously should be removed. They're keeping us from having a solid foundation. There are some things that can replace what we remove and give us a solid foundation, right? Remove and replace. The first step in laying a solid foundation is to dig deep and do what Jesus says, right? You gotta excavate some things. There's some things down in there that are in the way of your foundation and in the way of Jesus, in the way of faith, in the way of trust. But it's not just enough to remove them. You have to replace them with obeying God's word, yeah. right? James, James uh, chapter one, I believe, says this. James chapter one, I believe it's in verse 22. James being Jesus' brother, and he wrote a few words about 
Jesus, we know he talks a lot about faith without works. He says this in James chapter one, verse 22. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, right? right? We can't just say we follow Jesus and then don't do the things Jesus has asked us to do. Now, Jesus didn't say if we have God's word, if we read God's word or study God's word, we'll have a good foundation. Jesus says that we must obey his word. Like think, think about it this way, in terms of like being a good parent. Man, one goal of a good parent is for their children to obey them, right? And it's not just blind obedience because that's what's good for your kids is why we like that. We, we want children to obey us because that's what's good for them. This is what parents know. Parents love their kids more than other parents, besides God, of course. Like parents know that the best way to have fun and the best way to have freedom is by staying within the parameters given. And now the thing about kids is they always ask why, don't they? Why do I have to do that? And they usually ask when they don't want to do something or they're too tired. It's not that they really want to know why. They just ask why. And sometimes the why is too complicated to understand. And I used to think it was a terrible parenting technique just to say, because I said so, um, until I had kids. And I realized because I said so was money and it works. And, uh, but, but when I realized that after I had kids, like they were too young to understand the why, even if I tried to explain it to them. And sometimes it was just better for me to say, because I said so, because it was going to help keep them out of danger. And when they saw it, maybe later, and they saw that it turned out for their good, and they saw that maybe some of their friends did it, and it didn't turn out good for them, that maybe, maybe, just maybe they learned to trust me when they saw that it worked out for their good. Now, now clearly we're not toddlers, but we are a lot like teenagers, aren't we? <laughs> Most days we think we know better, don't we? Most days we think we know more than God, Right? And when we don't understand why something should be good for us or we don't feel like doing it, we feel like we know more than God. But think of it like a parent. God's commands are good for us. God's commands are best for us. I love the way David wrote it in the Psalms. Yo, I love when he said, I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. Come on, right? Somebody, somebody write free in the comments right now. Come on, just write free. Don't you want to be free? Yeah. Follow the path of God's commands. This will help you to be free. I love the way David says that. Listen, we're going to have to remove some things in our life. We're going to have to remove areas that are keeping us from following God. We're going to have to remove areas where we're not trusting God. Where we're not built on faith. And we've got to replace them with obedience to God's word. We've got to replace them with the building blocks of our faith. What's driving your thoughts right now, right? What's driving your thoughts that you need to remove? What, what is capturing and, and directing your thoughts? Is it the news? Is it every news cycle you're turning and you wake up in the morning and you're checking your news app and you're turning the TV on and you're trying to figure out what's happened? Is that what's driving your thoughts? Maybe there's some things you need to remove from what you're watching. Is it who you follow on social media? Right? I don't think that all social media is bad, especially if you're following Stone Creek Church right. on your social right. media platforms. But, but do you find yourself scrolling, wondering what somebody else doing and why don't I have that and why don't I get to go there and it causes you anxiety? Listen, you need to remove that and replace it with some sites that are life-giving wow. and long-lasting. Listen, what about Netflix or binge-watching on Amazon Prime or Hulu? Like, what about your thought life? How are you directing your thoughts? What do you need to remove and replace with God's words, right? What about your addictions? Have you noticed that, man, that you turn to your substances even more during this time? Maybe it was food uh, is your drug of choice or alcohol. Maybe it's pornography and you just turn to it more during this time. You see, COVID 
has just revealed this. So when we remove the addiction, if we remove it and don't replace it with some healthy behaviors and replace it with God himself, we're gonna find ourselves in a worse place than we started. Like, what about this one? What about generosity, right? Like, are you spending everything on yourself, not being generous? So what you need to do is you need to remove selfishness in order to replace it with generosity. Like, what about, what about the words you say? What about your language? Like, how do you talk? Is it God-honoring? Is it judgmental? Is it gossip? Maybe you need to remove that and replace it with words that are kind and gracious and life-giving and seasoned with salt. Hey, what about your attitude? Like, do you have too much pride? Do you refuse to listen to other people, to take advice from others because you always know the right answer? Listen, we need to remove pride and replace it with humility, believing that God's way is better than mine. Listen, for some people, there's some relationships that need to be removed. There's some relationships that are unhealthy. There's some relationships that are toxic. There's some relationships that are not helping you move towards a solid foundation. You need to replace them with godly, God-honoring relationships. People who have the same values you do, who have the same destination in mind, who want to build the same foundation that you need to build. And listen, you never outgrow your need to remove some things and replace. This is something that happens daily. It's a daily habit. It's a daily habit of doing God's word. Notice that the first builder was building. He never stopped. The second builder, his house, it was built. He'd already put it up, right? This firm foundation, man, you never stop growing it. You never stop building. The unshakable life realizes you're never done building your foundation. You never outgrow or outpace God's word. You're never too sophisticated to do the small things that God has told us to do. Listen, the first thing that we need to realize, if you want an unshakable life, you never stop building your foundation. You are always daily doing God's words. We never stop obeying. We always do what God wants us to do. We have to search it out. We have to thirst for it. We have to take great joy in it. Somebody drop joy in the comments right now. Listen, God's word will bring you great joy once you do it. We just need to trust that and have the faith to believe that God is that good that he wants to bring us joy. Listen, that's even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, even when it's unpopular, even when it means saying I was wrong, even when it means saying I'm sorry, even if we think it makes us look bad. Listen, the foundation is too important for us to ever take shortcuts, ever. Flannery O'Connor, a writer, said this. She said, the truth does not change just because of our ability to stomach it. (laughs) Obey God's word. Man, obey it. Your foundation will be unshakable. And listen, we know we become what we repeatedly do, and we need to daily do God's will. That's what we need to do. Every action you take is a vote. It's a vote for the type of foundation that you're building. Every command you obey or not, you are building your foundation. You are voting even right now. Even right now, you're voting for the kind of life that you want. What we know about how God operates is small choices give you opportunity for bigger choices. Listen, when you're faithful with much, with little, he will trust you with much. Always, always, always do the thing God wants you to do. You know what's a terrible foundation? Somebody who says they're a Christian with their lips but doesn't follow him with their lives. Just give them lip service. They like the idea of following Jesus but not the work 
that happens? What has COVID revealed about your foundation? Like how stable has it been? Has it revealed this foundation that wasn't founded on God's will, but on your comfort? Have you noticed some cracks or worse? Have you noticed there's no foundation at all? Or maybe it's just revealed some areas of strength and stability. Maybe you've been able to give hope to others and help point them forward. Listen, we need to decide. We need to take this Bible and we need to say, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what the world says, I've predetermined that this one's out. That when I open this book, God opens his mouth. My emotions, my thoughts, my marriage, my money, my time, my parenting, my job, this right here, this is what wins. And it doesn't just win because God said so. He didn't just want us to jump through some hoops because he's too lazy to care for us or he doesn't care for us or because he's arbitrary. It wins because it leads us to Jesus. He was unshakable even in death. And he lives today so that we can live for him. Listen, this is what's best for us. Jesus is our unshakable foundation. You know, the deeper the foundation, the stronger the building, right? We know this. The deeper the foundation, the stronger the building. The Hoover Dam was once the largest dams in the world. I'll never forget visiting how massive it was and how scary it was because I'm scared of heights. (laughs) Its foundation is 140 feet below the ground. 660 feet wide, two football fields wide. It's massive. There's enough concrete in the Hoover Dam to build a two-lane road from Seattle to Miami. It's massive. It can hold back 45,000 pounds per square foot of water pressure. And listen, because of the strength of this foundation, it's able to irrigate farmland of about 2 million acres to feed millions of people. Man, Man, it provides electricity to over a million people. Because of the strength of its foundation, it provides water to over 18 million people. The foundation for the Hoover Dam is very important. And the same is true for your foundation. Man, let's resolve to live unshakable lives by removing what isn't from faith and replacing it with obeying God's words because He loves us and He knows what's best for us. Let's pray together. God, we're just grateful that we can have a foundation. And God, in the train wreck of what's been called 2020, the gift that keeps on giving, God, that you would just help us to have an unshakable foundation, Lord, that we would be firm and steadfast, that we'd be full of peace and confidence, God. I just pray, Lord, that you'd help us on a daily basis to obey your words, to know what they mean, to understand how to live them out, to to see the implications and the joy that we can experience by following them. You know, and it's just wherever you are in your den or in your kitchen, wherever you may be, let's just have a spirit of prayer for just a moment. And what I want to do is I want to just talk to those who don't have the foundation of Jesus Christ, who don't recognize Him as God's Word in the flesh who came to give us life and freedom. And the way that you start building your foundation today, the way that you begin to be unshakable is to begin to follow Him. And I just want to give you an opportunity to do that right where you are, man, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, on your back deck, in your car, on the golf course, wherever you might be. Like, like this is a time that could be transformational for you in a time that is so chaotic. And the way that you pray to follow Jesus is just say, dear God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, remove my sinful desires and replace them with godly desires. I trust today to follow Jesus and I ask him to give me a new heart. 
You know, and the Bible says that when you pray that, that you, that you become a new person, you have a new foundation, you have a new life, and you begun, you begin building a new house. And we're, and if you did that, I just want to help you just solidify that moment real quick and just this small act of marking the moment, the way that we do it. If we were in the building, this is how we do it. I would just ask you to raise your hand. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. If you prayed that today, to, to place that first building block of Jesus in your life, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand, just to solidify this, this commitment to follow Him. On the count of three, one, two, Three, just raise your hand. Like I'm believing right now that people are raising their hand. And I'm believing that people all over our city, all over the world, just have this opportunity to follow Jesus. And all over, all over the world today, man, we just ask, we just ask for his favor today. God, we're just grateful that you give us life, that we can have an unshakable foundation. God, that your words make it clear. Your words give us joy. Your words lead to life and they lead to freedom. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, thanks so much for worshiping, for being here today. As we continue in our service today, if you raised your hand, if you made that commitment to follow Jesus, we want to be able to follow up with you. Love for you just to place a hand in the comments section or reach out online to one of our online hosts that they can follow up with you. We want to put some material in your hands that can give you next steps to continue to build the foundation that God wants you to build so that you can be unshakable. Hey, listen, now as we close out our services, we just want to close out with a worship song in Christ alone. So I just encourage you, man, just to lean in, lean up, engage this song in a way as we make this a commitment for the week to come. Let's worship together.